the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If your theology doesn't translate into practical everyday living, you have no theology, period. Very practical faith is what we're looking at today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Join us. When it comes to our lives on a daily basis, we long, at least as Christians, to be like Christ. That should be our consideration each and every day. Well, the Apostle Paul helps us with this here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18 through chapter 4 and verse 1. It's a look at the Lordship of Christ over the family, a very practical faith. Join us, won't you, for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Good leadership in the family means seeing that all the members of the family are cared for physically, materially, socially, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Brothers, the only way you can do that is for you to be present in that home. If your job requires you being out of town selling several days a week, My suggestion is you quit that job. I've seen many broken hearts over the years because of absent parents. Don't think that you will escape heartache if you have children, and although you pray for them, you're away from them for most of the time. Quit the job. Prioritize your life. Lower your income. Get a smaller home. Get a smaller car. Don't sacrifice your children by being away from them too many days a week. I have literally become a callous realist about this through the years. I've seen too many children wasted because of sincere fathers being out of their homes most of the time. And then trying to make up for it just a couple of days a week. If you're going to practice godly leadership in your home and care for your family physically, materially, socially, emotionally, and intellectually and spiritually, you've got to be there to do it. You can't hand that off to your wife. That's your responsibility. And the place that husbands fail the most and where their leadership tends to break down is where it should be the strongest. And that is in family worship. And in developing the spiritual growth of themselves, their wives, and their children. There is where the breakdown is the most prevalent, where it should be the strongest. Men, I ask you, are you having family worship in your home? Do your children hear you pray? Do they hear you explain the Bible? Do they hear you read the Bible? Does your wife? That is the heart of everything in the family. Without that, don't expect any good to happen. A husband's leadership over his wife is to be filled with love for her. It's not a dictatorial type of leadership. 
It is the leadership of love. It is the leadership of Christ-like love, of self-giving. And the husband's headship over the wife does not allow for bitterness toward her. Christ commands husbands to love their wives so as not to be embittered toward her. Here the husband is warned of the danger of petty tyranny. When bitterness and harshness usurps the place of love. Here is what one old commentator said. There is no doubt that the inconsistency here condemned, bitterness, was a common occurrence in heathen life where a wife was but a legal concubine and matrimony was not hallowed and ennobled by the spirit of him who performed his first miracle to supply the means of enjoyment at a marriage feast, unquote. In other words, in pagan cultures like America, Many wives live all their days with an undercurrent of anger. And every now and then it breaks loose. Every now and then it erupts. Every now and then she says something that she regrets. And it is because of this undercurrent of anger. The husband is self-centered. The husband is unappreciative. Or at the least fails to show his appreciation. He's not self-giving. The husband makes demands on his wife, totally disregarding her needs and her weaknesses. And because of that, there is this undercurrent of bitterness that every now and then erupts. It has a great deal to do with the way the husband deals with her. Now understand, though, this undercurrent of anger in the wife can also be because she is self-centered And doesn't get her way all the time. But brothers, it's already hard for our wives to submit to us because we are such good-for-nothing wretches. It's already difficult and God commands her to submit to you. And as hard as that is, you should have pity for her. Have compassion on her. Make it as easy as you can by a good and selfless life for her to submit to you. But husbands understand and keep in mind, there is a sense in which you and your wife are completely equals. And that is in with reference to all the privileges of salvation. The Bible says you are joint heirs of the grace of life. You share the same salvation. You share the same privileges of that salvation. So don't get the idea that because she is commanded to subject herself to your office, that in some sense you are better are holier than her or more important than her because without her think about it you would be nothing because she was chosen for you by God himself so love her and do not be embittered toward her then Christ gives directions to children in the church in Colossians chapter 3 verse 30 verse 20 Paul says Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing in the Lord. In Ephesians, he says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. Obedience to your parents is the fruit of honor. You are not going to obey your parents unless you honor them. 
The commandment is, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God gives you. What is it to honor your parents? It is to treat them with respect and love and appreciation because of their position of authority, not because they are perfect. You say, Master Gary, you don't know my parents. They make life so rough for me. It's hard to honor them. It's hard to treat them with love and appreciation. My dear young friends, I know it is. I know they are sinful. But the Bible doesn't say anything about that. It says honor them because of the position God has placed them in in your life. They hold an office. Your mother is to submit to your daddy not because he is perfect, because he holds an office that God has given him. And you are to honor and respect and appreciate your parents, not because they are perfect, but because of the office God has given to them. Honor is a sense of deference or or humility, the recognition, reverence, and respect mingled with love. You are to honor them because you know that out of all of the parents and all of the world that you could have had, these are the one God placed in your life Because these are the ones God knew you needed more than anyone else in all the world. So honor them because of what God says they are. Within this circle of honor and obedience, the child is safe. Things go well with him. He'll enjoy a long life. The circle of honor and obedience to parental authority is a place of safety for the child. Outside that circle is danger. The Function of the rod, spanking and counseling is to rescue. It is to move the child from the peril of rebellion and disobedience back into that circle of safety. That's the thought of author and Christian counselor Ted Tripp. And it's a very important thought. This is an evil world. There is only one safe place for your children, and that is within safety circle of your family. The circle of honoring you as a parent. As long as they are in that circle, honoring and obeying you, God is going to make them safe. When they step outside that circle in disrespect and disobedience and dishonor, you better drop everything and rescue them because they are out there vulnerable to every danger in the world. They are outside that circle of safety. And once they become disrespectful and disobedient, the most important thing for you is to rescue them and bring them back inside that circle or you will lose them. What is this obedience to parents that God demands of children? Bear in mind, this is out of fashion in most homes today even Christians and non-Christians. In most of the homes I know today, it is the parents who obey their children. Parents come to me and say, Gary, I can't get my children to quit doing this or that. I can't make my child quit listening to that music. I can't get my child to quit fighting with his siblings. It's out of fashion today to demand your children the obedience that God commands of them. And you can spend a lot of money as parents on assertive training. It's a big thing today. Obedience is the willing submission of one person to the authority of another. 
Obedience means more than a children doing, children doing what they are told. When your daddy or your mother say, go do the dishes, and you say, okay, while you're gritting your teeth, and you go into the kitchen and make as much noise as you can, you have not obeyed. That is not obedience. Biblical obedience is doing what you are told without challenge, without excuse, without delay, and gladly. That is what you want to develop in your children. And if you are a child of the covenant here today, that is what you are to want to give your parents. That is what God commands of you, that you obey them even when you don't want to. At least you don't want to do it at that moment. You may have another agenda. You may want to do something else. No, you do what they ask you to do, and you do it now, immediately, thoroughly, with all your heart, the best you can, gladly. You say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I am glad to serve you. Never allow your children to disobey without dealing with them. Because whenever they disobey, they are moving outside of the circle of safety into a place of danger. Don't ever let things go. No matter how tired or how flustered you may be. I know it's trouble to deal with disobedience. Sometimes you just want to look the other way and act like you didn't see it. You know, that rolling of the eyes. Or that sour glance. Act like you didn't hear the disrespect. It's easier to let things go. And hopefully, you know, things will smooth their way out. They don't ever smooth out. The worst sin a child can commit in his young life. As long as he or she is dependent upon you. Is to sin against you with their disrespect or dishonor because they are showing dishonor. Then for the living God who demands they respect you. So whenever he or she disrespects you, they give you a sour glance. Or they go over here and say, okay, I'll do the dishes between their grit teeth. Spank them for the grit teeth. Spank them for the rebellious glance. Even if they do what they are told. Don't let any act of disobedience go by the wayside. Because when you do, it creates a habit of sin. And you're going to get more of it from them. Teach them that life is sad and miserable and hard if they disobey. But it is good and pleasant if they obey. You want them to believe for the rest of their lives that the way of the transgressor is hard. They need to identify disobedience with pain because that is the way life is, beloved. Ted Tripse said, Obedience to Baron is not a parent-child issue. It is an issue between the child and God in which the parent is God's agent in drawing the child back into the circle of blessing. End quote. So young people, when you would disobey your parents, it's not a parent-child issue. It is you versus God. And guess who wins when you fight against God? Let me show you how much Jesus hates it when you disrespect and disobey your parents. Now keep in mind, this is not in the Old Testament. 
This is from the New Testament. This is from Jesus, the most loving man that ever lived. And in Mark 7.10, he says, He who speaks evil of father or mother, let him be put to death. That is what Jesus thinks of the disobedience you give to your parents. Why would a child obey his parents even when he doesn't want to? Why would he obey without delay and without challenge and without excuse gladly? Colossians gives us one reason. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Not because he may agree with his parents. He may not agree with them. And they may ask that they ask him to do. Not because they are perfect. They may ask him to do something in a sinful manner. But they obey their parents because it is pleasing in the Lord. In the Lord. This is addressed to covenant children. You see that? Because of your union with the Lord Jesus Christ as a child of the covenant, you are to obey your parents. You can do it. Why? Because you are complete in Christ. And have all the power you need to do it. Even when you don't want to do it. Christ has given you the power to do it. And as a child of the covenant, draw from that relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because your obedience to your parents is one of the primary ways you show your love for and faith in and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest inducement, the greatest reason, the greatest motive for obeying your parents is that it gives Jesus pleasure. Do you want to give Jesus pleasure? Obey your parents. Jesus loves his little children. All his children in the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. They all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves his little children in the world. All of his covenant children. And now, he calls upon you young people to show that you are truly his children by obeying your parents. If you do so, You will be like all other children. You'll show the world that you are different, that the Spirit of God is in you, and that you, in fact, belong to God. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, Obedience is proof that you are like Christ, for you are doing what Christ himself did when he was your age, here in this sinful, evil world. Most of the young people that live around you, Christian and non-Christian, they don't obey their parents. They smart off to them. They smart off about them to others. They may even say bad things about them to you. Are you going to act like they act? Are you going to show to them that you really do belong to Jesus? Our text says, obey your parents in all things. Now, I've already explained that. It does not mean that if, you, if your parents hand you a gun and they say, shoot your sister, you're supposed to obey them because, again, you cannot obey anyone that commands you to do evil. But it does mean that even if it is unpleasant or disagreeable, you must still obey them. And remember this, young people. You are not your parents' equals. Don't think you are. Don't talk to them as if you are. Don't act around them as if you are. You are not their equals. They are your superiors. Whenever you think of them or talk about them, think of them as your superiors. 
and you as their inferior. Treat them like a superior person. When you talk to them, do it with dignity. Say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You go through the New Testament and you see how many people refer to each other as sir many times. Sarah even called her husband Lord and was praised in 1 Peter chapter 3 for it. Today we don't know how to show deference or humble submission. Oh, we think we do, but we don't. Most children today speak to and treat and in front of their parents as if they are equal or as if their parents are even inferior. Teach your children social graces with reference to how they are to treat you and how they are to speak to you and how they are to speak about you. Your children are not your equals. And you young people, you are not to be the judges of what you should or should not obey until you become spiritually mature. And even then, you must practice humility towards your parents and give them the benefit of the doubt. Listen to what Lloyd-Jones, this Lloyd-Jones quote. For a child to have to stand against a parent is one of the most solemn and serious things we can ever be called upon to do in this life. So whenever it is done in the name of Christ, it should be done with a broken heart. We must not fail to give our parents the impression that it is hurting us and causing us grief and costing us much that we would cut off our right hand to avoid having to rebuke them, but we have no choice in the matter. You see, there are times when you must call your parents to repentance, but only do it with a broken heart and with deep humility, as if you'd rather do anything else than stand against them. Now, beloved, there's so much more to dig out of this text especially in reference to the type of discipline that we are to practice in our homes. But that would take me another 30 minutes to get through. So I'm going to be sending out an email this week dealing with child discipline and how not to exasperate your children. But keep in mind, all these responsibilities that we have talked about, although out of step with this age, nevertheless, They grow out of this union that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And living in the way these directions command is what makes us appear complete in Christ before the world. If though the world might ridicule this kind of life and even be disgusted by it. Oh, my friends, there are many people in this world who wish more than anything in life that they could have homes like the homes that are described here in our text, where wives lovingly submit to the husband, where the husband lovingly leads the family, where the parents bring up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord without exasperating the children, where children obey the parents. Most homes are not like this. Most professed Christians' homes are not even like this. We entered the 21st century Uh, When we entered the 21st century, most non-believing Christian homes and the family were on pretty shaky legs in America. These legs are even shakier now. I know if the the family will survive the rest of this century, I'm not sure. That's how bad things are. The families that will survive are those who will live by God's word. 
and are in union with Christ and stand out in this world. And I pray for every one of us in this room. What are most families like today? When you go into a house, you've got to be careful. You don't get hit by shrapnel. And the children have scars all over them. The parents rarely speak to their children. And then they are bewildered when they lose them to the ways of the world. Be faithful to the word of God. And you won't lose your children. And your home will be a place of peace that the world can never understand. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is four. 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. (music) 